Okay, good morning. So yesterday, just to re review a little bit till the, uh, the rest of the crowd comes in. So we started discussing, um, we're in the middle of the topic of women and the obligation for, for Megillah. And the question of Afhein Hayubo Sarnes, what does it mean? How does it apply? And whether women can fulfill the obligation of a man by, by Kriyas Megillah, if they get up, can they read from the Bema? So we gave a couple of answers yesterday, which led us to the Gemara, but the couple answers that we gave so far, number one was the Turei Evan, who's the Shagas Arya, and he said, since the Megillah was written, Beruach HaKodesh, it actually has the power, the tokef, the strength, the teeth, of a ke'en de araisa, it's like a de araisa, it's not fully de araisa, and therefore, since women are not obligated on that level, they're only obligated in the Rabbanon, but men are obligated on a notch higher ke'en de araisa, because of the Ruach HaKodesh that was infused into the Megillah, into the writing of the Megillah, and the Chiyov of Megillah is one of the four mitzvahs mentioned in Megillah's Esther, therefore the men have a sort of higher uh, level obligation, and therefore a woman cannot go ahead and discharge someone's obligation if that obligation is on a higher level. Um, then we said the Or Sameach gives another reason, it's possibly because that m women are obligated not obligated in Mechia Samalek or Zechira Samalek the same way that men are. And the Pasuk says, Ksof Zos Vizikaron Besefer, read it from a, a Sefer. And since men are obligated, therefore, by extension, to read the Megillah from a cloth, from a parchment, and they cannot read it by pad, they cannot read it by heart, therefore, therefore, their obligation is not as strong as men. Men can read, must read it from a cloth. Women can say it even by heart. And therefore, their obligation is categorically different. Keep in mind, that this only applies to the mitzvahs of the day, the obligation to read Megillah at, during the day. At night, since these, these um, different levels may not apply to the man because the mitzvah may only be during the day, as far as the mitzvah, the Iker mitzvah is only during the day. So at night, men and women are on the same playing field. It's certainly possible that women can go ahead and fulfill the obligation of a man by reading Megillah at night. So we, the, the third answer is based on a Gemara we started to discuss yesterday. And this Gemara is found in Megillah Yudalit, a very, very critically important Gemara, very important Gemara. The Gemara says, if we go ahead and we say Hallel on Pesach, which was a, which is memorializing or, or celebrating our freedom from slavery, and we say Hallel, then certainly when we were saved from physical extermination, from annihilation, we should certainly say Hallel. So the Gemara says, so why in fact do we not say Hallel on Purim? And the Gemara gave three answers. Answer number one is because any nace that happened outside of Eretz Yisrael is not worth saying halal for. Number two, and Purim obviously was once they entered Eretz Yisrael, we're talking about. In other words, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim was obviously outside of Eretz Yisrael, but that was before the Knesselars, before they entered the land. So once they entered Eretz Yisrael and they were conquered it after Kibosh Eretz Yisrael, any miracle that happened outside the walls of Eretz Yisrael is not concretized or memorialized with halal. Number two, we said that Rava said, we were still enslaved to Ahasuerus, so therefore it was not a full uh, emancipation. It's not a full celebration. We temper it back a little bit because we were still enslaved to Ahasuerus, so therefore we don't say halal. And number three, the one that's most relevant for us, and that is Rav Nachman, who says, Kriyasa Zuhilila, that the actual reading of the halal is in fact the uh, equivalent of, uh, the, sorry, the reading of the Megillah is the equivalent to the recitation of halal. Now it's interesting, by the way, so here's where we left off. It's interesting to note that the Gemara says Rava Omar. Rava says that the Rava says that we're still enslaved to Achashverosh, but there are some girsa. Some um, have the uh, girsa in the Gemara that says Maskif la Rava. The Rava asked the question, and if Rava asked the question and the Gemara didn't slug him up, 
it's possible that the Chida actually says that we accept Rava's interpretation. Rava's answer that we're still enslaved to Achashverosh is the accepted answer by the Gemara. Although there are plenty of others, including the Rambam, who say no, the actual accepted answer of the Gemara is Rav Nachman, that the Halel is substituted for by the Megillah, that Megillah, la Halacha, takes the place of Halel. In fact, the Rambam actually says, in his, one of his more famous um, uh, paragraphs in Hilchus Megillah, he goes through all the 18 days that we say Halel throughout the year, and then he sticks in something very important. He says, Avar Rosh Hashanah of Yom Kippurim, Ain by Halal. We don't say Halal and Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Why? Shehen Yemei Tshuva, because these are days of Yemei Tshuva, of Yer Vafachad, and days of awe and fear. Lo Yemei Simcha Yiseira. It's not a very high level of Simcha, which suggests that there's still some level of Simcha on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. But be that as it may, but the last seven words are what's critical for us, the last eight words. Velotiknu Halal Bapurim. Because we don't say Halal on Purim because Megillah it takes the place of Halal. And that's what the Rambam says, that the reason why we don't say Halal on Purim is because Megillah serves that purpose. Now, so we have three answers in the Gemara. What are some practical differences as to what the reason is and why, in fact, we don't say Halal? Again, Either it's because, forget about the first answer, that it happened outside of the walls of Eretz Yisrael. The difference between Rava and Rav Nachman. Rava said the reason why we don't say Halal and Purim was because it was not a full celebration. We were not fully emancipated because we still, as opposed to, as opposed to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Tavdun Elokim Baharazet, we went from Paro to HaKadosh Baruch but here we went to annihilation, but we were still in Purim, still in servitude under the rule of Achashverosh. Or is the reason why we don't say Halal because Megillah takes the place? So one possible nafkamin, a practical difference is, what happens if someone does not have a Megillah? If you found yourself in an airport or you're on a plane and whatever it is, and you don't have a Megillah on Purim, what do you do? So the Me'iri actually says, based on this Rav Nachman, that you say Halal instead. So Lacha, the Me'iri says, if one finds himself stranded in the desert, He's on, a, he's on a boat or a yacht, and he doesn't have a cloth, he doesn't have an actual Megillah, and he's going to be there all of Purim, you actually say Halal instead. The question is whether you say it with a bracha or not. Some say yes. Most people say, most people don't agree with the Me'iri, but if you were to say Halal, you say it without a bracha. Sorry to relate. It's okay. Did you spend the first 10 minutes explaining how the Megillah Esther is like a Halal? We're going to get to that in a minute. We didn't do that yet. Okay. We're, we're getting to that now. So that's first possible difference number one. Difference number one is between those two opinions, if you don't have a Megillah. If you don't have Megillah, according to Rav, it has nothing to do with it. We're enslaved to Paro, we're enslaved to Achashverosh, so it makes no difference if you have a Megillah or not. According to the Me'iri, if Ma- Ma- Halal takes the place of Megillah, therefore, if you don't have Megillah, you say Halal. You By the- an actual cloth, though. Like I'm talking about a cloth. If you have something else, you should say the Megillah anyway. He doesn't right? differentiate, but I would assume that if you're not saying La Halacha, it's probably better. It's probably be- I-, I would imagine. Probably better to say Halal, because if you're not saying Megillah from the actual Megillah, it's not the din of saying Megillah. Interesting to note, I counted this two nights ago. The Rokeach says that if you look at Halal, what we say on Shabbos morning, there are 166 words, there are 166 psukim in Megillah Sester. So if you want to see, now, I actually counted the Chumashim in the, in the Tanakh. There's actually 167 psukim in, in Megillah Esther, but there are some Chumashim that put two psukim together that actually counted as 166. So anyway, it just says, if you want proof that 
Halal takes the place of Megillah. So Halal HaMitzri, which is not the typical Halal we say. We say Halal, there's Halal HaMitzri and Halal Gadol. But the, what we say, the Hod Hashem Kitov, that, that's one type of Halal, has 166 words. And Megillah Sester has 166 or 167 psukim. So just as an aside, in any event, another possible difference between the, those two opinions, why we don't say Halal on Purim, whether it's because we're still in servitude to Achashverosh, and therefore wasn't a full celebration, therefore don't say Halal, or whether the Halal is substituted for by the Megillah, is on Shabbos. We know that on Shabbos we do not shake lulav, we do not blow shofar, and we do not read the Megillah. Why? Because the Gemara Megillah Davdalet says that that um, that Rava Rabba because they were the Rabba If you don't have Megillah, you're going to wind up carrying it in in public, and therefore we don't say Halal. We don't say Megillah. We do say Halal on Shabbos, right? Because you're not carrying anything. So if you're not saying carrying a Megillah, so you don't. So maybe you should say Halal. According to Rav Nachman, if you don't have a Megillah because, and you can't read Megillah, then say Halal. So this will be another practical application, a difference between the two opinions of the reason as why we do not say Halal on, on, um, on, Purim, on, uh, on Shabbos and Purim, on Purim in general, correct. Now, this is to what Ron said. So how does reading the Megillah serve as the purpose of, of Halal? How does that substitute? So is it, so the two possibilities. Rashi actually says, that reading the Megillah, and I'm quoting him from Gemara in Megillah, Ukriyas Megillah Shavachu. Obviously, reading the Megillah is Shavach to Akadosh Baruch Hu. It talks about his pulling the strings from above in a Nistar way, in a hidden way. Shemefar Semenes Through the Megillah, we go ahead and we publicize the Nes. Vahakol Mekalsin Akadosh Baruch Hu. And through that, through the hearing of the Megillah and seeing how Hashem, how He manipulates everything that goes on in this world, we see the Yad Hashem, the Shkachapratis. Through that, as a result of reading the Megillah, we therefore praise him. So it's not that the Halal itself is the, the Megillah itself is the Shavach. Rather, once we remember the story and now everything had to fall into play, it wasn't just by happenstance. We realized that Hashem was behind everything. That leads us to give him Halal. That leads us to be Meshabech, Mekales, to go ahead and give him Shavach. So it's not the actual reading itself, but it's the, uh, the, the result or the consequence of reading the Megillah. Who says that? That's Rashi. Now, uh, this is a post of the Levush. Levush is a commentary in the Shulchan Aruch, and he says that the, the Levush says the actual reading itself of the Megillah serves as the Halal itself. Okay. Now, it's interesting. So now let's get back to another. So all this was a background, whether Halal is to lead us to saying a Shavach, is the Shavach itself, but more importantly, that Rav Nachman says that Halal is, to, is substituted by the Megillah, leads us to another answer. The, our question, that we, our premise was, why cannot why can't women go ahead and discharge the obligation of men when it comes to reading Megillah? We're both obligated on a Durabana level. So just to review for those that just came in, again we said that either because that was written, the Turi Evans says that the Megillah was written by Ruach HaKodesh, and therefore that only extends to men. It's, it's uh, their obligations like Ka'in Darais that's on a higher level, therefore women can't go ahead and discharge a man's obligation, or Men have to read it from Toch the Kla, from actual reading, whereas the women can read it Baal Peh, so it's a different obligation. This is answer number three. Listen to what the, the Binyan Shlomo says, based on this Gemara that we just said, that you have to say, why don't we say Halal on, on Purim? He says as follows. He says the Ramban, the Ramban says that the obligation, in Sefer Mitzvah, so the Ramban, he says that Halal on Yontov is Minatora. The obligation to go ahead and to give Shavach to Hashem any time a nace happened is an obligation in the Torah. So he says as follows. 
He says, the Gemara said, if we went ahead, had a Kal V'chomer. Kal V'chomer, by the way, we know, we say this every morning. It's one of the Yud Gimel, Rabbi Shmuel, one of the 13 principles of the way we go ahead and we learn Torah, that has the, the strength, the teeth of a Doraisa, of a, of a biblical uh, mandate. So the Gemara says, if you tell me that you're going to say Halel, just like you're saying Halel on Pesach, when we were freed from slavery, when we were actually saved from physical extermination on Purim, of course you should say Halal. That's the Kal V'chomer of the Gemara. Again, if you're telling me that you're saying Halal on Pesach, which is just freedom, then certainly you should say Halal on, on Purim. Says the Binyan Shlomo, this Kal V'chomer is Minat Torah. And if that's the case, the obligation that we have to say Halal on Purim is Minat Torah. And if we assume like Rav Nachman that Megillah is the substitute for Halal, in essence, we're actually saying Halal. But this obligation to say Halal on Yontif never extends to a woman. It's only for a man. Only men are obligated to say Halal on Yontif. So if you think now, says the Binyan Shlomo, that by extension, when we read the Megillah, we're actually fulfilling Halal, women are not obligated, Minat Torah, to say Halal on Yontif. So we're actually killing two birds with one stone. We're fulfilling the mitzvah of Megillah, Midrabanan, but you're also fulfilling the mitzvah of Halal, which is Minatora. Women do not have that obligation. So once again, women are not on the same playing field as a man. If by reading Megillah, when a woman reads the Megillah, again, the Bahag, Baha'u'llah Gadolos we saw yesterday said, women cannot discharge men from their obligation to read Megillah, even though the Gemara seemed to say that they're on the same playing field. Question is why? So we're trying to give plausible answers to explain the Bahag, why can't a woman go ahead and be motzi, discharge the obligation of a man, if they're on the same playing field. They're both obligated midrabbanon, rabbinically. The answer is they're not on the same playing field. It's the connection to halal that actually... Exactly. The Ramban actually says that we are obligated minatora anyantif to say halal. Anytime there was a nace that occurred, our obligation minatora is to go ahead and say halal. The Gemara says it's a kalvachomer. Mad, you can tell me you say halal avdus lecheros on Pesach, from death, the brink of death, physical extermination, with the Yud Gimel Adar, the 13th of Adar, when the Goral fell out, the Jews were supposed to be going to be exterminated, and they weren't. Of course you say halal. If that has the strength of a, of a Doraisa, and Rav Nachman is the accepted opinion, according to the Ram, Ram, Rambam, not the Ramban, Rambam and the Meiri, that the, why don't we say halal on Purim is because the halal is replaced by Megillah, so by extension, when we say Megillah, we recite Megillah, we're actually fulfilling the obligation of Halal. Halal only extends to men. So therefore, women cannot go ahead and be motzi, the, the man. So we saw three possibilities here, but we have one more layer to add, and this is really amazing. So we saw three possibilities. So far, we're going to add a fourth possibility, and this will sum up everything. There's a Gemara in the first daf of Sukkah. This is all brought by the Chassam Sofer. The Chassam Sofer says as follows. It's really amazing. Oh, great question. We're going to get to that. We're going to discuss that later on in, in, in Brachos. What, what their obligation is in Halal. All these things. We're going to discuss it more around Daf Chaf. I'm going to add it into Daf Chaf when we talk about the woman's obligation to go in Brachos Amazon to give thanks to Hashem. We'll discuss it then. But they're not obligated in the Torah. It's Mitzvah Shizma Grama. So they're not obligated. It's time bound. The only time the Halal they're the obligated would be the Seder night. Nobody's obligated in the Chutz Anyway, that's, that's just this No, not in the Chutz but for a miracle that happened in, in Israel. We're still obligated to say halal today, but not for a miracle that happened outside of Eretz Yisrael. We're discussing that the woman's not obligated on the man. Woman's not obligated on the same level. 
Right, so they can't be Correct, correct. So now, we have a rule that if someone was, if someone puts a sukkah way, way, way high, right? Let's say more than 20 amos high, the schach. Is the sukkah kosher? No. Sukkah's not kosher. Why? Because lefisha ain't ain't sholit, but because you can't see it. If the whole purpose where we have schach is, it says, you'll remember what HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the nesim did, and you can't see the schach, it, it, it uh, doesn't serve the purpose. So the Gemara discusses there by, by also by a Mavai, by Erev, that if you have the Erev way too high, the first off in Erev, and if the Mavai, if, if it's too high and you can't see it, it's not good. Let's listen to the Lashon that the Gemara says. So the Gemara says, by Sukkah, by Sukkah, a Sukkah Gavo, Lamal, Meesrim Amma, for Sukkah, the Schach we're talking about, is higher than 20 Amos, and Amma is either a foot and a half or two feet. So if the Sukkah is 30 to 40 feet tall, the Sukkah is Puzzle. By an Eruv, if it's that high, the Gemara says, lower it. One, it says Puzzle by a Sukkah, but by an Eruv, it says lower it so that you can see it. What it doesn't say is lower the sukkah, or it doesn't say puzzle, right? It's not consistent. By, so the Gemara says, what's the difference? Why by one are you telling me to lower it? And the Tzarech Takana, you have to fix it by the Mavoy, by the Erev, by the string, and by, by sukkah, it says puzzle. You know what the Gemara answers there? That any mitzvah that's Torah, it's puzzle. Sukkah's Torah. Erev is a rabbinic fiction. I don't mean fiction, but it's a creation by the rabbis. So anything that you can't have something that's inherently puzzle if it's the Rabbanon. That's the Rugged Shavar says that, right? The Torah can say something is also. The Rabbanon can't give something intrinsic also. We can ascribe a psul to it. So the Gemara says that anything that's the Rabbanon, they say fix it. But by, if, but by Sukkah, it's Minat Torah. Sukkah's taste of Shivas Yamim. That inherently is Minat Torah. That is puzzle. Tosas asked the following question. But it says by a Ner Hanukkah, by Ner Hanukkah, it says, Puzzle. How could, Ner Hanukkah is only Midrabanan. What? Tosa says the Gemara is not consistent. There are three cases there where it's above 20 almost, 30 to 40 feet high, you have to lower it or fix it. It depends. Fix it or it's Puzzle. Gemara says, by Sukkah, it's Puzzle. It's Puzzle. Because if I can't see the Schach, I'm not going to remember that Hashem either put us in Hadanane Kavod or put us in Sukkah's Mamash, whatever the reason for the Sukkah is, I'm not going to know the reason for it. It defeats the purpose. By an Eruv, it says, doesn't say puzzle, it says lower it. Gemara says, what's the difference? Because one is Daraisa, one's Rabbanon. By Daraisa, if it doesn't meet the criteria, it's puzzle. And by Rabbanon, we just say fix it. What's puzzle on Hanukkah? What's, what's puzzle? Uh, no, so the menorah, if the menorah is higher than 20 feet, 20 amos high, pursue Menisa, no one's going to see it. So it's puzzle. If you put the menorah above, Tosa says, I understand. You just told me the difference. The Gemara just said, one's Daraisa, one's Rabbanon. So if Rabbanon, fix it. If it's Daraisa, puzzle. But yet it says if the menorah is more than 20, almost high, 30 to 40 feet high, it is possible. Why? Well, with a, with a sukkah, if you built a sukkah and the schach was too high, you couldn't see it, you would still see the walls. I mean, theoretically. Okay. So you still know it's supposed to be a sukkah. Why? 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 Yeah. The, just so you know, the, 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 you should know that the fine people remove. You have like par, par, uh, yeah, pergolas and everything, yeah. but the the key, just for you to know, the key is nothing to do with the wall. So much so, 
Machlokas based on the Shamayim. I was saying it had to do with the walls. I was, right. I was saying that you would recognize that you're in it. You could recognize, but you're right. But the mitzvah is the schach so much so. Yeah, correct. You're right. You're right. But you're right. But we we attribute the actual part of the of the sukkah that has importance. As a matter of fact, if you have a sukkah that's already there, and and you have to have it. You have to make a sukkah, tasas chag a sukkah. So you can't have one thing. All you have to do is lift the schach and put it back down. Nothing to do with the wall. So we see. Okay, so now. Oh, so now. So now. So, so the Chassam Sofer says as follows. He says something amazing. He says that the Rambam counts in his, um, in his Sefer Mitzvos that we do, not, we discussed this before, the Rambam has certain principles before he comes to his, to his counting the 613 mitzvahs. He says one of them is that you never count a mitzvah de Rabbanon as part of the 613 mitzvahs. The 613 mitzvahs are all from the Torah. Any de Rabbanon, you don't, lighting candles is de Rabbanon, Rav Shabbos. So that's not counted as one of the 613 mitzvahs. That is the Rambam's hard and fast rule. And yet the Bahag, the Baal Gadolos, who has one of the more famous, also 613 mitzvos, counts Hallel 19 times. He counts Ner Hanukkah, he counts Megillah. These are all the Rabbanons. What's going on? So what? The, the Bahag didn't know that you're not supposed to count the Rabbanons as part of the 613 mitzvos? Plus, trust me, there's enough arguments between the Rambam, the Ramban, the Smog, the Smog, the Sefer Mitzvos, the Katan, even with what's written in the Torah for 613. Let alone if you start adding the Rabbanons, of course you'll get more to 613. So the Bahag didn't know that? So the Chassam Sofer says it's as follows. He says something amazing. He says again, based on this Kal V'chomer that we read in Megillah Davdalid, If you're going to say Halal on Pesach, even more so you have to say it on Purim. Says the Chassam Sofer something amazing. He says, the fact that we have to celebrate and commemorate Hashem's uh, hand in our history any time that there was an ace, that obligation is min Torah. In other words, the fact that we have to give Shabbat and Oda to HaKadosh Baruch Hu when something, something supernatural happened, the obligation itself is min Torah. How do we fulfill that? That's something else. On Pesach, the Torah tells us how to fulfill it. Have matzah, have maror, have four kosos, have sipur tzitzvah, have a seder. The Torah tells us how to do it. Karm Pesach, beautiful. It tells us how to do it. You have an obligation, but what it doesn't say, it does not tell us how to commemorate it on Purim. The Chachomim tell us how to do it in the, in the Megillah with the four mitzvahs. Shalach Manos, Matlas of Yonim, Suda, and Megillah. So the obligation, the Bahag knew that you don't count any Durabanans, but he's not counting Durabanans. What All he's saying is the obligation of to go ahead and commemorate it, that's Torah. How? You can leave that to the Chachomim. But the Chachamim, when they tell us, do the Shalach Manos and all these things, that is an op, that's a kiyom minat Torah. Because any time, as the Rambam basically, the Chassam Sofer reads into the Rambam, any time that the Torah, we have a nace, we're obligated to thank Hashem. How? Sometimes the Torah will tell us, like on Pesach, and sometimes it won't. And if it doesn't, the Rambam, the Chachamim have to come and fill that void and tell us how to do it. But that doesn't change the fact that what we're fulfilling is a mitzvah minat Torah. And his language is amazing. Listen to what he said. He says, Nimsa ikra daraisa, the root cause of our celebration is biblically mandated. Upeirusha midrabanan. But the explanation, the how, the execution, the implementation, that's midrabanan. Says the Chassam Sofer, if that's the case, since our reading of the Megillah touches on a daraisa, and it's only for the men, of course, because... 
then the women cannot go and fulfill their obligation for a man by reading the Megillah. Our, as a man, our obligation Megillah is inherently wholly different from a woman's. So now we have four different reasons. This reason is basically saying that the obligation is Minat Torah. How to fulfill it? The women's obligation is never Minat Torah. It's only Minat Torah for, for, because of Afhain. Afhain, we're going to get to that in a second. Afhain basically says the mitzvah is a mitzvah sasechus magram. It's a positive time-bound mitzvah. Women are exempt. There are three, Rabbi Shubham Levi says, there are three examples throughout the year that women would be exempt if not for the fact that they too were included in the miracle. Dalad Kosos on Pesach, Mikra Megillah, and Ner Hanukkah. So their obligation is only Midrabanan. No one argues that. A woman is only obligated Midrabanan uh, in Megillah. No, no, no. So all, 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 hold all these questions. One second. So they're only obligated in those th- three things. It's not a mitzvah, it's not It's not time on the calendars. Everyone's time is different. But, but one second. So it's time, but it's, it's, it's their own time. It's their own time. So in other words, we'll get to, I'll, I'll explain that in a couple seconds. So if you think about it, if you think about it, so there are four possibilities to show how our, when I say our, men's obligation is very different. Either there's a, the Turei Evans says, because it was written Baruch HaKodesh, it's like, the, the Megillah, it's like Ke'en Daraisa, it's a notch higher than the Rabbanon for men. Number two, maybe women can say it, Balpeh, women, men have to read it, Mitoch HaKsav, it has to be from, written from the cloth, read, read from the cloth. Number three, either it's a Kiyum and Hallel, like the Binyan Shlomo says, when we say it, we're actually fulfilling Hallel, which only men are obligated in Minatorah, on Yontif, like the Binyan Shlomo, or the Chassam Sofer says, the how is not, not what's critical. It's the, it's the fact that we have to go ahead and celebrate Purim by thanking Hashem. That's Minat Torah. How? The, the Rabbanon said through reading Megillah, through uh, the four mitzvahs. But women are obligated only mid Rabbanon. We're, we're fulfilling a mitzvah to thank Hashem on a day of, of a nace. That's a Doraisa. How? The formula, that's mid Rabbanon. But the fact that we're now obligated in the Torah puts us on a higher level. Lahalacha, how do we paskin? So just for you should know, the Tor, who was the son of the Rosh, Rabbeinu Asher, who wrote the Shulchan Aruch way before the Shulchan Aruch, right? He wrote it in the, I think, the 11, 1200s. He says that he brings both uh, possibilities, like Rashi, that women can, in fact, discharge a man's obligation. Right? We saw Rashi yesterday in Erevin said that a woman can read for a man. And he also says, he brings the Bahag, who says, even the women are obligated, so the Torah brings both opinion. What does the Shulchan Aruch say? Shulchan Aruch also says, he says, there are those who say that women should not read for a man, citing the Bahag. What's interesting, by the way, the Ramah adds, listen to this, he says, if a woman was to read for herself, let's say she had a woman's, a woman's minion, and there was just women there, and the women were reading, it says, or she reads for herself to the exclusion of a man. The bracha should be not likro megillah, but lishmoa megillah. You read that. You read the megillah once in a while, right? Mm-hmm. So you would appreciate this. Their obligation. Yeah. I heard. I heard that with shofar. Oh, good. We'll, we'll get to shofar later time. But yes, there might be a difference in the bracha for them also. But he says the Ramah says their obligation is not to read to show that they're not allowed to read for man. Their obligation is to listen, and therefore, even if they're reading for themselves, they don't read the Kro uh, Mikra Megillah or Mikra Megillah, rather the Shemot uh, Megillah. <clears throat> this is what Ron pointed out yesterday, I believe, 
and that is that the Magen Avram says it's not similar to Hanukkah, near Hanukkah, where a woman can discharge her husband's obligation. Why can't a woman not by Megillah? He says, because it's like the Havik Kamokriya Satora, Upsula Bnekavara Tzibor. We spoke yesterday, whether it's, whether it's Kolisha, whether it's Snios, whatever the reason is, La'alacha, you could tell me all the reasons why they should be able to discharge a man's obligation. The bottom line is, it's not Snios, it's not Kavara Torah, it's not Kavara Tzibor. Therefore, women <coughs> do not go ahead and read for a man. Um, and, uh, as we just said, the Mishnah Baruch does point out that if you have an uh, all-women uh, minion, you should make the bracha of Lishmo Megillah, even if a man reads for all women. If a man reads for 10 women, let's just say, or whatever group of women, he should say Lishmoa, because their obligation, assuming that he already heard it, he should, he should hear it with a regular minion, but if he goes down and read it for women, he should read Lishmoa Shofar. It's interesting, Lishmoa Megillah, it's interesting that the Vilna Gon and his sitter still says that he should word Likro, even when it comes to a woman. Now, Next topic, which is directly related to this. All this, we just discussed, Afhein Hayu Ba'os is only because we need to show that women are obligated in Megillah because otherwise they wouldn't. Why wouldn't they? Because we have a general principle that all women are peturas from any positive time-bound mitzvah. Mitzvah Saseshaz Mangroma. Any mitzvah which is bound by, by, a, by a calendaric date, they are pater from. The question is why. So I did this late last night. I was bored, so I figured I'd add this on. So last night, um, I added this on around uh, 12 o'clock at night, but I found, uh, I went through all the sources. It took me a couple hours, but it's, it's good. So the question is, we have five minutes, good. So the Gemara says as follows. The Gemara in Kedushin, because again, we can't understand Megillah, why, unless you understand, why do we need And the answer is because without they're telling me that they're obligated in Kos, Dalakosos, Megillah, Ner Hanukkah, they will be putter from any time bound mitzvah. So the question is, why are they, why are they puturos? So the first, the starting point is the Mishnah Kedushin that says, all, that's the source, the, Mishnah, the famous Mishnah Kedushin Daf Chavtes, which discusses all the obligations a father has to a child, teach him how to swim, teach him to uh, an umnos, teach him Torah, so, so, so on and so forth, teach him a profession. The Gemara says, there are mitzvah, women, anashim chayavim, v'nashim puturos, that women are potter from. And the Gemara goes on to say, four daf later, it says, what is considered a mitzvah, sasechus mangrama alan? It says, sukkah, lolov, shofar, tzitzis, tefillin. And what's a mitzvah, I say, that's not time bound? It goes on to say, mezuzah, ma'akeh, when you have to build a porch around your house or your roof so no one falls off. Vishiluah hakein, sending away the bird. We did this in Mako, sending away the bird. So there are certain positive mitzvahs that are not time-bound that women have to still do. But there are two rows from this. Now, what's the paradigm? The Gemara says the paradigm case is tefillin. Since tefillin is not worn on Shabbos, it's not worn at night, women are exempt from that, therefore they're exempt from all mitzvahs. How do we know tefillin? Because of Talmud Torah, it gives a whole connection. But the bottom line is, the Gemara says clearly that they are exempt from any top mitzvahs. So I'm going to read to you the most famous answer, and that is the Avudraham. The Vujraham was a Rishon who wrote a safe uh, sitter. In his sitter, uh, this piece is like 40 paragraphs. So I found in paragraph 28 uh, in, the, in the third shah, it says as follows. V'hatam, the reason, I want to say, by the way, this is not to sound uh, prehistoric or like a Neanderthal. In the times of the Gemara, in, in a very elevated way, the woman was not considered Meshubat indentured or, or, or a slave, even though that's what the word suggests. She was not Karasabai. She ran the household. 
and the husband was making a parnasa. It's not derogatory, it's not uh, inflammatory to say that the woman's responsibilities in those times was more of rearing the children and preparing and, 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 and really creating, setting the tone in the house. So he says, since a woman was mishubedas, I say in quotes, labala lasot srachov, was really had to attend to the needs of her husband. Again, I don't mean to say this in a negative way, but this is what the Vujram says, that she, was, she really had to take care of the needs of her husband and, and, and by extension the household and the children. So now picture the scenario. She has to go ahead and she has to hear shofar in the next three minutes, or she's going to miss shofar, or she has to go ahead and, and, and shake lulav. But what if the husband at the same time was saying, I need you to take care of this? Or by extension, her child was saying, I need you to take care of this. If she would go ahead and say to your husband, whoa, I can't, I have to go ahead and go to shul for the next hour, hear, hear a shofar, and then come back. Woe is to her from her husband. Again, give it in, put it in the proper context. Meaning, he probably won't be happy. But if she would listen to the husband and then forsake the mitzvah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, she's in a catch-22. HaKadosh Baruch Hu won't be happy. So she's in a, a no-win situation. If, if her husband was to ask her to do something at the same time that the mitzvah was, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I have the infinite wisdom. Let me go ahead and solve this problem before it even starts. In order for that should be Shalom Abayis, I won't obligate women to go ahead and do any mitzvah which is bound by time. So continues the Vujraham. And if you think this is crazy, he goes on to say that Akash Baruch Hu allows us to erase his name by the Sota. We're allowed to put his name on parchment. Akash Baruch Hu says, you're not allowed to erase Hashem's name. The one time you can erase Hashem's name to create, to maintain Shalom Bayes. So he's, and he goes on to say, what the, he says, there are only seven mitzvahs Shasei Shazman Grama. And he says, Yesh Mitzvah says, sorry. There are, sorry, there are mitzvot that are, there are seven mitzvot that are positive commandments that are not time-bound. Simcha, hakel, kiddush, ayom, chilas, matzah. Sorry. There are seven mitzvot that are mitzvot, that are time-bound, that women are still obligated. My apologies. So seven mitzvot, even though that they are time-bound, they're still obligated. Hakel, simcha, kiddush, ayom, they're obligated in kiddush because of shomer and zachar. Achilas, matzah, they're obligated in. And then he gives the three that we're discussing with. Pesach, with the Dalakosos, Mikra Megillah, Ner Hanukkah. And he goes on to say all the reasons we discussed yesterday. Either it's because the women were involved, right? Yehudis cut off the head of Antiochus on Hanukkah. We have um, Esther, obviously, and the Nilashim said Konios. Or that was the Rashbam. Rashi's grandson says it's because of them the Nase happened. All right? And, or we saw like Rashi, even they were, and Tosos, they were included in. But that's one reason. That is the reason of the Vujraham. The, um, by the way, so the obvious question is why then are women who are not married also pater? Right? If you're not married and you don't have anyone else to answer to, then theoretically any bachelorette should theoretically be obligated. So they said they make a low plug. In other words, the, the, the Gemara often does that. The Chachamim just make a general rule that when it comes to women, they're not obligated because the majority are going to be married, we hope, and therefore the majority of lives are going to be in that situation. The Sefer Chassidim also writes, again, take it with a grain of salt, someone who is enslaved is not good, or someone who is indebted, or someone who is tied to a spouse day and night, really cannot go ahead and establish, cannot go ahead and make time for other, other things, for other mitzvahs, um, and therefore... Therefore, she's potter from Mitzvah Sizma Grama. Two last points. The Yalkut Shimoni on Sefer Shmuel says, when it first to Chana, it says, we you know when Chana had their famous tefillah, when she davened to Hashem, but by the way, we pattern our Rosh Hashanah, we pattern our davening 
after Khan is davening, when she davened to Hashem, she didn't have children, eventually she had Shmuel, but <clears throat> it says there, V'chana mitaberes el liba. Chana, right, the, the Pasuk says there, that she spoke to her heart. And the Gemara says there that women do not have a Yetzirah. The Gemara discusses that we say, al levavecha. We say, v'ahavta shemakev chol levavcha, right? V'chol levavcha b'shnei Yetzirecha. In, we have, why does it say bechol um, levavcha, not libcha? Lev is singular. Levavam is plural. So she say bechol libcha. Why does it say bechol levavcha, which is plural? Because we have two levs. We have a yetzer tov and a yetzer hara. <clears throat> Men have a much more uh, more tivus than women. So we have a yetzer tov and yetzer hara, and therefore women do not. Therefore, therefore, um, so he says as follows. So we who have two. We have a Yetzir to Yetzir Hara says Yakushmoni. We have to be brought back from the brink of committing Averus much more than women do. So we may go ahead and, and doing something wrong, the, the, the Torah sort of pulls us back and say, you have to go wear tzitzis now. You have to go put filling on. But women don't necessarily have the same tibos that we do, and therefore they don't, <clears throat> they don't need the same, uh, the same uh, mitzvahs to go ahead and to ground them, so to speak. And, that, and, and the Rosh Hashim Shonafal Hirsch is very, very quick to say, don't think that women have a tour because they're less important than men. Don't, don't, don't come away, says Sham Shafal Hirsch, thinking, oh, women don't have this uh, obligation from these positive time by mitzvahs because they're less important. He says, Fakert. He says the exact opposite. They don't need these perpetual, regularly alarm clocks going off and says, don't sin. Don't do a virus. You have, you have a mitzvah of of this, you have a mitzvah of that, tefillin, tzitzis, shofar, little, they don't need it. They're inherently more subservient to the Torah and more adherent to the Torah than we are, and therefore they don't need a constant uh, tap on the shoulder to go ahead and to do mitzvah. So we saw multiple reasons why they, the Torah of Mitzvah Shema Gram exists. Have a wonderful day. We'll continue with the Gemara next week. Rabbi Sachs will be giving the Shir Mitzvah Shem in my place. Malin Bakodesh, he will give the Shir next Tuesday. I'm away. I'll be back Wednesday. The Shir is going to be in the boardroom. Steve will set everything up. I should go to Steve in advance. So there is Shir next Tuesday. You definitely don't want to miss Rabbi Sachs. will be giving it.